everyone. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Coffee with Yvonne, a show for creatives and entrepreneurs. I am really happy that I am getting this podcast to you on time. To be honest, I am recording right now. It's what, Wednesday night, almost eight o'clock. Oh my gosh, I'm behind on getting the show out. That being said, we are here. So grab your coffee and let's chat. But before we get into this week's episode with another special guest, we have to talk about our industry news segment called What's the Brew? In our first story about Kiki Palmer, she is doing her own thing per usual since her, I think it was what, Aquila and the Bee back in the day? With her announcement on her Instagram, and this was also featured in Teen Vogue on September 30th, she announced that she would be launching her own digital network called Key TV aiming to spotlight a new generation of creators. She also featured herself in many funny skits on an IG reel showing the span of her 20-year career and different characters she has played. In the video, she also stated that, I want to share everything I learned with you because this is my greatest dream of all, says Kiki while sitting in a director's chair. All it takes is one of us to unlock the door to unlock a million doors for each other. I'm so excited to introduce you guys to Key TV, where our stories matter and where we are represented as keys to the culture. Good for you, Kiki. Good for you. In our next story, Karuchi ups her bag. Now, Karuchi, for those of us who are familiar, she is the former ex-girlfriend of Chris Brown, but we're not going to give her that title because Karuchi's been that girl. She's not just a style icon, but she actually has had acting um, features on shows like Claws, which was very popular on TNT with, I think it was um, Niecy Nash who played on that show. But Karuchi is stepping into a new show called Upcycle Nation. It's a competition, a fashion competition on Fuse TV hosted by Karuchi, and it really focuses on repurposing clothing instead of really focusing on fast fashion right as you may or may not know fast fashion has become a global issue with even i'm going to call the girls out stores like shein uh, fashion nova is does forever 21 still exist but forever 21 all being called out for their fast fashion practices on this new design competition designers must reimagine existing pieces creating new ones through clothing that's provided to them um, and then they must reform it and reshape it into a new design. I'm interested to see this new type of competition. I definitely know that in recent years there have been spinoffs for fashion competition shows. Of course, the OG being Project Runway. Then we have Amazon's Making the Cut. HBO's The Hype, if you're not aware, is a streetwear competition and of course others. This show premieres on Wednesday, November 2nd. I will be watching because I'm very interested to see how this concept will work. In our last story, I struggled with this. Y'all, I'm not even going to lie to you. We got to talk about Kanye. Lord have mercy. Let me take off my glasses. I can't. So Kanye West. For the longest time, we have been giving Kanye excuse after excuse about why he acts the way he does. Now, I'm not even going to lie to you. I was a fan of Kanye's work during his college dropout, graduation years, and I would say all the way up to 808s and heartbreaks. And then it just got a little odd for me. But I'm not going to talk about that part of Kanye. I'm going to talk about, because this is a show for creatives and entrepreneurs, Kanye as a creative. 
Kanye recently has been under fire for the offhand things he has said about other creatives, more notably a Teen Vogue editor, when they criticize his work for being anything less than genius. Now, I understand that creatives are sensitive about their shit. I understand that because I'm like that as well. However, if you're not able to be open to criticism, then should you really be on a platform or in a business that requires you to be critiqued for your work? Critiques often make you better, but not in Kanye's point of view. The critique comes from his recent show that he did, I believe, with Balenciaga, in which him and Karen Owen, Candace Owens, whatever that child's name is, she doesn't matter, but Candace Owens was wearing a White Lives Matter shirt. Now, we don't know if the shirt is being mass-produced to be sold in ready-to-wear stores for Balenciaga or online, wherever you buy Balenciaga. I don't know. It's out of my tax bracket. But either way, he's seen wearing the shirt, standing next to Candace Owens with their back to the camera saying White Lives Matter. This would not be problematic if, if not in the past two, almost three years, there has been a complete uh, revitalization, I would say, for noticing that Black and more importantly, Black and people of color are disparagingly targeted um, by discrimination, uh, by subjection to racism in certain arenas as it relates to various economic status and opportunities and things like that. And we all know what I'm referring to without me having to repeat it. If you were there in 2020, you know what happened. That being said, Kanye's decision to produce his shirt seems so creatively out of touch and also emotionally unintelligent, especially as a creative. I also think that Kanye has transitioned his platform from being something that could be of inspiration to other black creatives and black and brown creatives who are looking to reach the levels of success he has in transitioning from being a producer, then a rapper, and now this air quote fashion icon. He could be using his platform to use it for so much positivity in the industry and opening up awareness and building platforms for others to be successful. Except he's creating antics with this White Lives Matter t-shirt. I wouldn't have such an issue with it if I wasn't a fellow creative myself and I understand how important it is to use your platform for good and to build awareness. That's not Kanye's case. He is using his tactics to, to start conversations that are not necessary for one. He is using his platform to bully other people who don't agree with him. And he is using his platform to look like an ass. Let's just be honest. And it's no longer being considered a genius, it's being considered harmful. And that is where I really do draw the line with Kanye. I drew it further back, but it's really permanent in the sand at this point. But his bullying tactics, his lack of emotional intelligence, and his lack of understanding that his creativity is being used as a weapon and could be used as a weapon for those who do not believe in equality for all and fairness when it comes to creative spaces or any spaces in that matter needs to be spoken out about. So Kanye, for me, is further canceled. Him, those alien Jesus, Jesus, whatever you want to call them, sandals, and that ugly apparel that looks like it got pulled out of a dumpster in the back alley of LA can go somewhere and sit down. That's all. Moving on. So as I mentioned, we have a special guest on today's show. And as someone who values the relationships I built with creatives in my industry, both here in the DC area, in New York, and other parts of the country, or even abroad, I really think that 
it's important to give people a spotlight who's been in the game and really doing the work and creating positive change in their industry. Danny Sauter, who's also known as Blonde in the District, I have known her, oh my gosh, I've known Danny for quite a while. I met her through one of my close friends, Bianca, hey B, who listens to this podcast. And Danny is a body positive influencer, content creator, and business owner who has managed to not only spotlight DC as a place of style, but also give DC um, more opportunities to partner with bigger brands for other influencers. She uses her platform for advocacy work, for raising awareness, for her love of cats and Lady Gaga. And I was really excited to sit down and talk to her. While Danny and I have known each other for years, we've never really had an in-depth conversation to talk and really um, peel back the layers about what makes Danny who she is and why she is so passionate about the work that she does. Please enjoy this chat with one of my dear creative friends, Danny Sauter. I love it when people bring notes. It makes me very happy because it shows that you are professional and prepared. I mean, yeah, you have to be. I've been on some podcasts where they don't give you any, any, um, any information. I actually did one once at DC Improv with, yeah. with, um, with, um, oh my gosh, why can't, uh, why can't I think of their names right now? But I was mortified because they didn't, they wouldn't send me anything. They were like, we want this to be completely a hundred percent authentic. And it was like a live audience and they're comedians. So I was like, please like, let me at least have some sort of like no. something so I can think of some jokes in advance. Like I'm not very good about like jokes on the spot, you know? So like, <laughs> That was terrifying. So I appreciate that you sent me the the questions beforehand so that I could put notes together and I I won't be like a deer in headlights. No, you are fine. I love preparation. A good run of show keeps you organized and focused. But you know, we may go off a little off topic when I feel like the moment strikes, but I'll run that by you first before we do it. Sounds good. All right, so let's give you a proper introduction. So, like I mentioned in the preview of this episode today, joining me is one of my another favorite creatives in the industry right now is Danny Sauter. And she is, you guys, just one of the most authentic people you have ever met in these Instagram streets. The way she is on her platform is exactly how she is in real life, from the style down to the body inclusivity and positivity with her aura and also her attitude towards creating a movement that includes everyone. Now, I have to make sure I read your bio because you have a bio, Danny. I pulled your bio. I, <laughs> I do have a bio. I don't know if I've updated lately. Okay, well, I'm gonna read your bio so we can give you a proper introduction. Danny is a okay. self-proclaimed style and makeup aholic. I like that. Style and makeup make her feel as a woman and truly believes that these are key factors in supporting a woman's own self-confidence. Since her early childhood, Danny has found memories of sitting in her mother's closet. Me too. Watching yes. <laughs> outfits together playing dress up with her Ferragamo shoes. This paired with her first experience at the age of 15 at Sephora on the Champs de Ailes in Paris. I don't speak French. My name is French, so forgive <laughs> that. 
Uh, she's been hooked ever since. She currently lives in the Washington DC metro area with her supportive and loving husband, David and cat Chloe. She created Blonde in the District in October of 2014 after leaving a job that left her feeling broken and uninspired. She longed for creativity and stumbled into blogging as an outlet, not knowing where it would take her. Since then, Blonde in the District has become her world inspiration and passion. Danny's goal as a blogger is to share her personal life, style, beauty, and travel experiences with all of you to encourage confidence of self-confidence and to chase after your dreams because that is what Blonde in the District has done for her. And with that being said, welcome to Coffee with Yvonne, Danny! <laughs> Thank you, Yvonne, for having me. And you know what's funny is one, I do need to update my bio because I actually, it's outdated. I, I do live in the in DC area. I live in Old Town Alexandria with my husband, David. But my dear Chloe passed away um, from kitty cancer. I love cats. Um, so I now have two, two kitties, Peaches and Pinky. So I had to make sure that they were included in my bio. Yes. Well, you but, know, rest in peace to baby Chloe and shout out to Peaches and Pinky. Yes. And shout out to you, Yvonne, because my mom is a huge part of my inspiration. She unfortunately passed away um, when I was a teenager, but her name was Yvonne. And I don't know many people who are named Yvonne and spell it with a Y like you do. So you already just have a special place in my heart because I love your name. Oh my goodness. I never knew that. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm a cancer, so I'm not going to cry. Oh, but that's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Danny. I love that. That's why I love you. <laughs> no, listen, I love you too, girl. Well, you know, let's get started with this coffee chat. Um, we have a lot of things to talk about, and I feel like we've always seen each other around the area. Our mutual friend Bianca introduced us, and it's been love yes, ever since. Bianca. Bianca, hey B, I know you're listening. <laughs> but we've never really had a chance to sit down and talk to each other about our own personal interests and our story. So that being said, like I mentioned in the intro, you are honestly one of my favorite content creators on the social. You mentioned, it's mentioned in your bio that you were inspired to create your platform after feeling, you know, burnout almost and uninspired by your full-time job. What, what led you to say, you know, forget it. I'm just going to do my own thing and find my own passion. Well, I, so I spent the early part of my, of my career in uh, working for the Department of Defense. And I took this leap of faith. One of those jobs that like, it, or is a situation where the salary was amazing. Like the, the perks were awesome. And I thought to myself, is this too good to be true? Because it seems like it's too good to be true. And it was. So I got to this job, I was doing uh, marketing and the company, I don't think was quite ready for my creative ideas and things like that. Like they didn't even have a website when I started with them. And I was like, how are, how are you all going to market yourself if you don't have a website? So I just, it was, it was a really big struggle for me. And I personally felt I was at the lowest of my confidence level because, you know, with, with work, I always want to be able to express myself through work or express myself somehow. And 
bring different ideas maybe to the table. And all of my ideas that I brought, I was always told no. I was thinking, are my ideas not good? Am I not smart enough for this? What, you know, what is, what's, what's going on here? And so I really struggled internally. And one of the ways that I kind of built myself up was really leaning into dressing and makeup and things that made me feel outwardly confident, even though maybe in, inwardly I wasn't that confident at the time in that job. And I ended up leaving. And during the time that I was looking for a new job, I was trying to find something to really bring that creative side that I was, wasn't able to utilize. Um, I wanted to bring it out. And I decided to start Blonde in the District to kind of feed, feed that creative passion and also make other people realize that style is not something to be intimidated by, that style is something that you can use as a tool to, to help yourself feel confident or feel good. And that's really how things evolved. Um, yeah, it's coming up on eight years uh, this October. So it's, it's crazy to see how time has time has flown and how my blog has evolved too. And I really like, like the fact that you were honest about the fact that you were working a full-time job at first that left you feeling unfulfilled because for a lot of us who are creatives deep down in our soul, working a full-time job where we're not able to express that creativity is hard for us, you know? Yes. And, and I understand too, that feeling of not feeling like you were in the right place in your position and you need to do something else. Cause I never share this with a lot of people, but I almost left marketing myself about three years ago after having a bad experience with a employer that left me feeling unfulfilled and burnt out. And like, I didn't know I was what I was doing in terms of my knowledge. And I almost left to try a totally different industry, but thankfully I stayed in marketing cause it's my passion. And I really think that the blogging creative influencer industry is such a pivotal and transitional time for brands as they were beginning to embrace inclusivity, uh, body diversity. What personal challenge did you face that you overcame to build your platform with feeling comfortable in expressing who you are as a curvier woman? You know, it's a funny, it's funny because I was at an all time low, like confidence wise, and instead of, you know, some people would be like, oh, I would never create a, an online, this persona online or a blog or something where more people are looking at you and you can get more criticism and stuff. But for me, it was a way for me to kind of challenge myself and show myself that, hey, I'm, I'm good enough and I can do this. Overcoming just insecurity and confidence of of where I was, you know, at that point in my life, I think is really what, um, what I had to face. And it's something I still face, um, especially in social media, the comparison game. So I think just challenging myself and knowing that, Hey, I can create amazing content. Hopefully will spark somebody else to be inspired to do something or dress a certain way or think a different way. I think it's just so important. So I think for me, it was really facing myself, honestly, and just proving to myself that I could do this. And, you know, I appreciate you sharing that because as someone whose thighs also touch, I personally struggled for quite a while to feel comfortable in my body and accept myself. For those who are not there on that journey yet, what 
advice would you offer them in trying to build that confidence and find that body acceptance that a lot of us still struggle with? I think one is the conversations that you have with yourself. And two, it's, it's the people or things that you surround yourself with is very important as well. I found that the space for, you know, body, um, inclusion on social media, I found some amazing other people just like yourself and this community that actually helped me even feel even more confident than, than, you know, or, or give me that confidence I need on days that I'm not feeling confident. So I think surrounding yourself with, with positive things, positive people, and I think getting to really know who you are inside, because I think so many people think, you know, size is, or our body type or our body shape makes us worthy of certain things. Or like, oh, I can't do that because, because of this, or I can't do that because I'm, I'm, I, I, or I can't wear this because, oh my gosh, my, I don't want to wear a crop top. I don't want to go to the beach because I'm in a, in a bathing suit. I think knowing who you are inside and, and really just accepting who you are is the only way that you can do that. And I think a lot of people get in their heads so much about like, oh, well, when I lose 10 pounds and it's like, why can't you just do this today? I think life is too short and you should appreciate it. So you should appreciate it by leaning into things that you love, surrounding yourself with positive thoughts, affirmations, people, interest, the whole nine yards. I think all of it feeds into to how we think of ourselves and how we treat ourselves. And I agree with you on that because as someone who uh, now is wearing the crop tops and started embracing wearing shorts, which for a long time, I would never wear shorts. Even in like 90 something degree weather, I would still be in jeans because I was mm -hmm. ashamed that my legs have cellulite. You know, I, I go to the gym on a regular basis, but I have dimples in my thighs and stretch marks. You know, it's just, this is how my body is made. A, yep. question, a question I have for you that's not on our list of questions for today. I noticed that the body positive movement is kind of biased sometimes of who they want to be body positive and who they want to be covered up. And I'm gonna use this person as an example because I personally love her music and what she represents, Lizzo. Any comments about Lizzo wearing like bikinis or bathing suits or, you know, showing, um, you know, midriff and everything because she's not the ideal plus size woman. What are your thoughts about that? I think that if you feel good in something that you should wear it and that's all that matters. It doesn't matter somebody else's opinion of whether you should be wearing something or whether you shouldn't be. It's not, it's nobody else's business what you're wearing. And I think the media has made it like this and has conditioned us um, for years, you know, for, forever. I mean, if you think about it, we grew up in the nineties when all the supermodels, it was the like skinny, you know, tall and, and, and how does that, how does that do? That hasn't done any of us any favors because it's conditioning people to think a certain way, to think that one type of, of body type. And should I all go there? And even one type of person like color is, beautiful. And that's not the reality at all. That's why I love Lizzo so much because she's doing what so many other people haven't done and what has needed to be done. And she is a, a pioneer in a way and somebody that we, that is just carrying the torch for everybody.
I feel like there have been a lot of pioneers. Don't get me wrong. I think just right now at this day and age that she is it uh, right now. And I hope that she continues to keep doing what she's doing. She's incredible. And again, what you're wearing, it's, you're the only person that matters. Like, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It's just, if you feel good in it, then you should wear it. And I love how you brought up, like both of us grew up in the 90s when that waif thin model was very in. But also we became teenagers around that time period of another popular show, Top Model. And I yeah. remember distinctively Takara, who was a contestant on that show. And everyone would say like, she needed to lose weight. She was too big, X, Y, and Z. And when I look back at that show now, I'm like, Takara was at least a 12 at the most. Yes, she yes. She was not as large as they were claiming she was. But as a young teenager, you see it on your TV screen and you think, okay, well, I'm not supposed to be that big because that's not considered the ideal beauty. And to your point, representation does matter because those images can be so harmful to people yep. like us who are coming up who thought it was something wrong to have curves a butt and boobs just being honest yes you absolutely know? absolutely and you know it's funny i actually just uh, partnered with the national gallery of art to do um on one of their on one of their exhibits and it's about modeling and the perspective of a model you know, an art model. And I uh, recently did a few discussions with them like in exhibit discussions. Uh, and one of the first questions that I asked people was when you think of a model, what is the first thing that comes to mind? What is the first word that comes to your head? It was Cindy Crawford, thin, tall, you know, those, those were the magazine, like those were the top words that I kept hearing again and again. And I was like, wow, this is, we are so conditioned to think, to think like this and it affects, and it affects you. It affects you. And then think of like girls that it affects or women that have children that then are like, oh no, don't eat that or do this or do, like, it just messes things up in general. You know, it just, it's like this cycle. So I, I think inclusion is so important for that reason, because at the end of the day, you know, models are what, like a small percentage of, of what we're like, what we're seeing in advertisements, what we're seeing on the street or the person sitting next to us at dinner, you know, at a restaurant, that's what I'm inspired by and what we need to keep in mind when we look at advertising and, and how things are displayed. And, you know, speaking of models, we have to run down some of your receipts because you have receipts, Danny. You have an <laughs> I have a CVS receipt. Can I say that? You have been featured in all sort of campaigns from, you know, Eloquy. You've launched your own campaigns with your vintage inspired brand, Pretty Kitty. Most recently, you served as a DC fashion ambassador for Citizen M's new hotel opening in Noma. Clap, clap, clap to yes. you. Yes, that was gorgeous, by the way. I just, oh, I lived. <laughs> I'm so glad that you came. I, it was so much fun. Yeah, I loved it. But how do you find the balance between being blonde in the district and being Danny? It's okay. So I'm sitting, currently sitting in a very outdated beach shack, basically in Sanibel, Florida. And I'm here with my in-laws and my husband. And I feel like this is a very Danny moment. This is not a like blonde in the district moment, I feel like. 
So I think, but, but it's interesting just because I happen to be, you know, on vacation right now. I think, you know, it, it is very hard for me to separate Blonde in the District and, and my personal life. Um, even just going out or um, being somewhere and somebody coming up and saying, oh my gosh, I read your blog or I follow your Instagram. It's like, I'm constantly on. I'm always on. Like when I'm at home, I walk into the coffee shop and, and I don't know, I run into somebody or I run into, um, you know, a, a lot of the boutiques I know in my neighborhood, I'll run into, you know, somebody who works there. Like it's, it's always, always on because you never know who you're going to run into. So I feel like I don't really have that many moments that are just Danny. And right now I'm living that <laughs> for the next few days here in, in, um, in Florida, um, kind of off the grid, but for the, for the majority there, there is no difference. It's always blonde in the district. Does that get trying for you sometimes when you want to turn off, but you can't? Yes. Yes. I mean, sometimes it, it, it hundred percent does because sometimes I'm like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to like put on, some, I just want to walk down the street and a baseball hat and no makeup and, you know, be chill. And sometimes I feel like I can't do that. Like, I feel like I always have to be on and it's, it's sometimes it's tiring, but I will say it's, it's also worth it because I think backed, you know, when I first started and I'm so lucky to be in the position that I am now. And so I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I've gotten to this space where, where I feel like it doesn't turn off. Um, but it is challenging at times. And that's very honest because even if you aren't more of a public figure like you, but you work more in the corporate side of it, I know my job is a very public facing position. So when I'm out, I have to be so cognizant of everything I do. Like, you know, I make sure I'm acting a certain way. I make sure I greet people because I don't want anyone to have that perception about me that's negative. Yes. If yes. You get back to the wrong people, you know, so it's, it's always being hyper aware at all times. So I get it. Definitely get it. Oh, absolutely. And to your point, like, you know, if, if someone recognizes you, maybe they, they don't even come up to you, but they recognize you. Like, I don't want someone to ever see me and be like, oh my gosh, she was rude or she was. I, I didn't like, she seemed, she just turned me off. Like I never want that to happen. So it's, it's so with any job, I think that you're going to have a little bit of that, but especially when you're more in the public and you have a public platform, it, it definitely affects things um, for sure. So I'm trying to always be, con you know, conscious of, of what I'm doing or how I'm acting. It's very real though. It's very real. It is, yeah. I do think that with what you do, because your job is a skill set, I do think that there's an unfortunate perception that creating content is easy when in reality, one picture or even like an eight second reel can take hours of work. How do you come up with the ideas for your content? And what does that planning process look like? Content creation is not easy. I will say that content creation is not easy. And so many people think it is. People think modeling is easy. It's not. People think, you know, it's, I don't think that there's, I think, again, with social media, like now you can see all the behind the scenes and you can kind of like film things and be like, this is how we made this which is great, but it didn't really exist before. We didn't really show that. And I think that there's this perception, someone just sees an end product and doesn't realize what goes into that. Um, for me, my planning process is, is 
literally, I have a whole list of, I have a running notepad on my phone of ideas that will sometimes just pop into my head or I'll like be in the car and pass something and I'll be like, oh, that would make a great location for like a shoot. Um, you know, I had this whole like laundry list of, of ideas and things. So that way when I'm like, okay, what am I gonna do? I can always look at, look at that and be inspired to create something. Um, and then it also goes with like my content calendar of, of what campaigns do I currently have? What do I need to shoot? What, you know, what's sponsored? Um, what, what is going on in the world that I want to focus on or that I wanna use my platform to try and promote some sort of change, positive change. Um, I think all of that is something that I look into and and really consider when I'm creating my content. And when I look at your content, I would have to say you're one of the few content creators I follow that are truly original. Um, I've seen a lot of content creators copy without taste. Let me just put it like that instead of copy with taste. You know, there's one thing to being inspired, but there's another thing where you just keep doing the same thing someone else did and hoping to get bigger results from their content. To give yes. you your credit, every time I see your content, I know it's you because it's bright, it's colorful, and there's an aesthetic to it at all times. I know it's Danny's content, hands down. So just know that that planning and work that you're doing from scouting location is definitely paying off because you're one of the few feeds that I look forward to when you drop something new on my timeline. Thank you. Oh my gosh, that means so much to me. You have no idea. Like seriously, because it is, again, it is so much work. And sometimes you put so much work into something and then it like bombs. Like people don't like it. People don't comment on it. And you're like, what? I just spent hours to do this. And and it's not, you know, I, people are seeing it, but it's, it's, it's not getting engaged with. And it's, it can be, you know, speaking of, of challenges, it can be really difficult to deal with that, especially the way Instagram is right now with, you know, reels and things like that. And you do see to your point of, I, you see a lot of copying where you see just trends that are, everyone's just doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. And at some point you're like, okay, I've already seen this 10 times. I don't want to see it again or like show it to me in a different way. So I try to always create content that either, you know, it can be a song lyric, it can be a movie, it can be, I don't know, a color that I see outside that I'm like, oh, that's a pretty color. Um, you know, all of that I try to, to, to capture mentally and, and let that inspire me to create content that just makes me feel good and I hope makes other people feel good. Yeah, and, and you're very right that there's a lot more increased pressure to create. So in the age of the content creator, I do not know that there's increased competition and sometimes, no, not sometimes, often pressure for creators who have larger audiences like yourself to secure brand partnerships and exclusive invites. What advice would you give someone who wants to grow their platform but hasn't seen a lot of success? I think one of the ways that I tried when I first started, I was like, I need everyone to know who I am. Like that's, I'm just going to start off the bat. That's how, that's how it's going to go. So I went really hyper local because it made sense to me. I was like, let me start doing events. Let me go to events and meet people, let people, you know, interact with them in person, introduce myself to people because you never know who you're going to meet at an event. Like it can be one random thing. I actually met Bianca through some like random fashion show I was invited to participate in and she was the makeup artist, you know? You never know who you are going to meet at events. 
And I think that it's important to, to show up. And I know how difficult and draining it can be. If, if someone was having something, I would go. I started planning my own events. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes it's just what you have to do. So, you know, you can get so much out of face-to-face -face interactions with people. And I think, you know, I decided, um, I was like, I'm going to go hyper-local because I want everyone in DC to know who I am. I, I, that's how I want to get started. So um, I think, you know, kind of figuring out like what one, what area you really want to excel in and two, maybe working locally first and build and create amazing content with, with local brands that one are probably going to be love to work with you because, you know, at the, at the local level and, you know, sometimes smaller businesses don't have a lot of budget to do like the huge campaigns sometimes that larger brands do. So working together um, with smaller brands, I think is a, is a great way to create that content and let it speak for itself and let the larger brands see the content that you can create and the partnerships that you can, can nurture. And I think that that's really a great way to start. And again, attending events is huge. Like I was attending all the events I could go to. And I know that that's looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I literally spent so much time and so much of my own personal money, like going to events and getting dressed up to go to events, but they can lead like meeting one person, one pivotal person, or, you know, meeting a group of friends that's going to support you. I think that that's really, that's, it's so important to go out and be seen, let people see you. And then a don't be scared to approach, you know, smaller, like local, local brands and work together. Um, I think that there's room for everybody at the table, but it's funny because I sometimes look at, you know, even as a creator who has, you know, worked with a lot of uh, bigger brands, sometimes I'll see campaigns and I'm like, oh, I feel like I would have been perfect for that. Why didn't I get that? And it's so easy to do that comparison game. And sometimes it's not even you. Sometimes it's the brand has a vision of what it needs to look like. If it's not you at this time, that's okay. Cause it can be you at a later time. Um, but just keep creating, just keep creating. And I think it's important to still support others who are doing great things. Because I think a lot of time people, especially here's a lot of, I mean, a lot of jealousy and a lot of why'd she get that? And I didn't get that. And I think it's important to still, to still support other people because this industry can be very taxing and it can be difficult. It can be very difficult working sometimes with the larger brands who have, and even sometimes the smaller brands who have a insane, you know, uh, idea of, of what sometimes partnerships can look like. And sometimes creators can really be taken advantage of. That's another topic though. <laughs> That's a whole other topic, but I think really just leaning into, to, your community and, and, and local, and just keep creating that content that makes you stand out. And that's true to you. And I, I definitely agree with you on that. And I do think that now we're seeing a shift from just not creating content, but now we're hearing more talks about like the metaverse, right? So with social media evolving from the way we looked at creativity from photography to TikTok, with this evolution now with the metaverse, what do you think is next for content creators? Girl, I don't even know. I don't know if we're all going to have to start creating our own metaverse worlds. I'm already thinking of it. I'm already brainstorming. I have no idea how to implement any of it. I still don't even fully understand the metaverse, but I have an idea of what my world would look like. Um, 
It will have a lot of chat for sure. I mean, of course, of course, of course. But um, no, I think, you know, I don't think Instagram is going away. TikTok isn't going away. And I think, you know, to just keep, again, stay true to yourself and just create content that means something to you, because if it means something to you and you care about what you're creating, that's going to get noticed. If you're just kind of like blindly going through it and, and not really coming up with the original ideas, or you're just keep doing the same thing over and over again, I think, you know, I, it's not going to be as people can tell is, is my point. People can always tell when the content is not 100% true to you. So I think just be true to yourself, true to yourself and start thinking about what your metaverse world might look like. <laughs> I know mine will probably have like a lot of bright colors and definitely art. Cause I love art. <laughs> yes. Yes. So outside of, developing dope content for blonde in the district what are your other interests like have you ever considered pursuing other passions besides content creation and you know showing your lifestyle yeah well it's funny because i feel like i dabble in a lot of different i mean i'm a gemini so like i'll like to start a lot of projects and then do i ever finish all of them no but <laughs> that's that's neither here nor there but I I really love vintage shopping like I adore it that's kind of why I started um, my pretty kitty shop which I haven't honestly I haven't put um I haven't been putting as much dedicated time into just because I haven't had time with everything else going on so I think um you know maybe more you'll be seeing more of pretty kitty or it may evolve into more items um, more vintage items um, maybe some experiences. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We will see. Well, you know, I'm always staying tuned for anything that you're doing because I know it's well thought out. It's strategic, more importantly, and it's authentic, which is really great. And last question I have for you before we get into our quick fire off the dome questions. How do you see yourself growing blonde in a district over the next few years? This does not have to be a perfect answer. It can just be a shot in the dark of what you would like to see for your bigger picture. I would like to see more. I, I would like to keep my mission of trying to change people's minds on inclusion, like body inclusion. I feel like at, at one point, pretty recently, I was like, is anyone even listening to me anymore? I feel like, am I just like speaking out and like no one's taking action anymore? And then I, I posted this thing and got a ton of hate on like just the way that I looked. And I was like, my work is not done. My work is not done. This just proved to me, you know, and I didn't even take any offense to what was said because it's just stupid internet trolls. But I think that you can continue to see me pressing forward to try and and have a more inclusive world for all of us. I like that for you. And it, it's very on brand, authentic. Danny's authentic. So that's all it is. Okay. So Danny, <laughs> before we wrap up today, like I mentioned, we have quick fire questions. Now, mind you, this is top of the dome. No perfect responses. Okay, you ready? Yep. All right, let's do it. If you were a superhero, what powers would you have? I would want to be the person that can like heal people like when they're hurt, I think. I think that, that that's so special to to be able to do and like hurt uh, like help a wounded animal or help somebody like if we're a superhero and we're all like fighting and someone gets injured and we're like no, we need you like 
I can go heal them. Like, I think that that's what I would want to do. Oh, I love that for you. That's a unique superpower. Yeah. Healing. Like everyone says flying. Everyone says like thinking about, you know, um, or what is it? Reading people's minds. I don't want to read people's minds. That's like too much. I don't, I don't want that responsibility. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So thinking about you and your husband are going out, you look cute per use and you're going to karaoke night, right? So what rap or song will you just body at karaoke night? So this is one of my talents. I don't actually, I don't really put it out there that much, but I can completely rap Eminem's verse in Forgot About Dre. Like perfectly. It's one of my favorite rap songs of all time. I love you. Yes. Girl, we'll have to go out. We'll have, let me get like two glasses of wine in me and get me a microphone and we will do it. I can, yes. Oh my gosh. Like I tell you that is the moment I fell in love with hip hop was that song right there. When you hear nowadays, everybody want to talk like, (laughs) nope, I'm not even going to say it. Oh my god! I'm not gonna do it on the spot. I, I need to save this. I need to. I need to save it for a future, for a future, um, for the future hangout. Oh my gosh! I just love that song so much. Okay, last <laughs> question for you. <laughs> I'm just hyped right now because Danny's favorite song is my favorite song. Her mom was Yvonne. I'm an Yvonne. My best friend, one of my best friends, is named Danielle. She's named Danielle. It's just kismet, y'all. This is, yes, yes, it is. The energy is just there. And I'm, I'm a firm believer in energy. Like if the energy is off, I'm like, nope. The energy has been here 100 since day one, since I met you. Same. I have left situations because the energy has been up. Like, you know what? I'm out. I'm out. Yep. (laughs) All right. Last question for you, Danny. If you were a coffee, what kind of coffee would you be? Blonde roast. Ooh, I like that. An iced, an iced blonde roast. Respect, respect. And uh, any little on top of your coffee, like you know, I maybe some vanilla, maybe some like a a a vanilla or like a caramel or something fun. But no, I think just blonde roast, straight up, straight up. And you know what, Danny, that works for you because you are straight up authentic. (laughs) Yes, straight up, straight up. Well, thank you so much for joining me for coffee. How can people find out more about you and all your awesome sauce platforms? So you can find me, my largest platform is Instagram and you can just find me at blonde with an E underscore in the district. Um, you can find me on Facebook at blonde in the district and you can find me, my website at www.blondeinthedistrict.com. Thank you, Yvonne, so much. And thank you for giving me the space to talk with you and share our thoughts about how, how important it is to be inclusive and, and positive and happy. Yeah, thank you so much, Danny. You're one of the best people I know in this industry. And I can't wait to see you soon again in person to give you more hugs. Yes, absolutely. And we have to go to karaoke night so I can, I can show you that I can do this, this, this rap. That is on our list. We're adding that to our list. And Bianca, you're coming. No, no questions. Yes. <laughs> All right, Danny. Thank you so much for your time. I'll chat with you soon. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, bye. Ciao. Oh, how I love Danny. Wasn't that a great interview? I know she was super busy at the moment. She was on vacation with her husband. Well-deserved, by the way. But the fact that she made the time to talk to me 
and really dig into her creativity and her purpose for the work that she does. And I really appreciate her time. That being said, I hope you enjoyed today's chat. To learn more about me and my business, Pink Dollhouse Marketing, you can check out my website, pinkdollhousemarketing.com, or you can follow me on my business page on Instagram. Slide in my DMs, it's cool, at Pink Dollhouse Marketing. I'll chat with you soon. Bye! Coffee with Yvonne is produced and edited by Yvonne Pearson. Coffee with Yvonne is created by Pink Dollhouse Marketing. You can catch the latest episodes by subscribing to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.